until you gotta have faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One player I write is believing you see white and the eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there's still goodness in all of us. There's goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. All right. Today is the 20th of October, and um, half of the gang is here. Craig Dickerson. Craig, hello, hello. Hey there. Uh, Deb is having fun. I'm trying to think, is she in Rome? I know she's in New York, but I, that, I don't remember where. I believe, I believe it's Rome right now. Yeah. 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 I've been uh, I've been watching her her pictures with envy <laughs> as, she, as she travels to Europe and yeah. and sees all the beautiful history and uh, mm-hmm. enjoys the wonderful food and the fun people around. Man, yeah, She's having a good time. We're thinking about you, Dad. Yeah, in yeah. many many different ways. <laughs> Our hearts and prayers are with you and have fun. Enjoy yeah. yourself in Europe. Yeah. And today yeah. we're going to talk on Mark tenth chapter verses thirty five through forty five. And uh, before we do that, let me um, get us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we truly thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. We thank you. We love you. We praise your name. Uh, We thank you so much for filling us with uh, your Holy Spirit and with the Word. And we thank you for motivating us to dive in your Word so that we can understand you so much. Um, uh, One person says that uh, you cannot love someone without knowing someone. And so... The more we understand and know you, the greater our love will grow for you. Um, and we ask that everyone who hears us, everything that we say, everything that we do is motivated and driven by the love of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, Reg. Amen. Amen. Everybody out there, amen. Yeah. You know, we appreciate you listening, coming from the heart, mm-hmm. you know, makes a big difference. Absolutely. So we're going to dive into Mark 10th chapter. 35 through 45, and I'm going to read the NIV version. And here's what it says. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And there you go. 
My goodness. Yeah, Jesus laying the wood down again, you know, trying to instruct his disciples what they should already know. Well, we've covered a little bit of Mark, and those of you who are like us, just kind of, well, like me anyway, to speak for myself, who are coming to mm-hmm. kind of biblical study in a way of trying to uh, trying to understand life a little bit better. Yeah. So I'm approaching it from a real kind of amateur point of view, but reading through Mark, I, I, you know, Mark 10, mm-hmm. and we've we've done Mark 8 in a little bit, and we're, yeah. we can we can kind of look at look back a little bit. But uh, I'm getting really frustrated with these disciples. I mean, mm-hmm. they just, this is the third time that, you know, in this context, in mm-hmm. this chapter, and I don't know if we focused it on this verse specifically, but we, we can we can kind of look at the overall kind of words that precede this. And this is the third time Christ has told them, you know, how it's going to go down for him. Yeah, you know that that he's going to be, you know, killed, mm-hmm. and and they just can't seem to handle that concept. I think when we look in in in, uh, in kind of the Hebrew prophecy, what I've been told from the Bible study, we've been focusing on this and trying mm-hmm. to learn about the history of it, and also, you know, what context it it is in, mm-hmm. you know, and but also what kind of personal context we can, you know, kind of get to it in our lives. And that's kind of why we're doing this podcast here is to kind of like uh, relate this in a personal context as far as, you know, our lives now, society now, our personal, you know, kind of take on mm-hmm. on these words. And and it's, it's strange how they need to be told over and over. Well, they certainly have a concept of what leadership is. Mm-hmm. And what they, you know, what they think Jesus is going to bring to them. Well, they see it in terms of a political uh, upheaval. Yes. And that all these, uh, the reason they're asking, they asked before, like, uh, uh, they asked, teacher, who's the greatest? Or, I mean, and then they're talking about themselves. Who's the best, who's the best man for the job here? If you're gone. Yeah. And we're starting to, it's starting to sink in, kind of. Yeah, mm-hmm. we kind of, okay, we're, I guess we, you know, since you're going over this idea over and over, like you're, be killed. Okay, well then how are we going to get this political um, mm-hmm. satisfaction? How are we going to get the power? Yeah. And they see, you know, the Messiah as, as someone who's going to change the world in their lifetime in terms that they understand. Right. Like, we're going to get rid of these crappy kings and these stupid Pharisees and, you know, and man, we're going to hit these people over the head. They don't, they're not going to know what happened. Yeah. So who's in charge, Christ? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and he he finally has to just like say, you know, you, you know, you guys, you know, you have you have to understand this reality I'm talking about is not happening here on earth. Right, it's not the reality you know. Yeah, you know, and throughout throughout these explanations in this mm-hmm. chapter, he like grabs little children, and goes like, look, do you see the love of a child? Do you see the how the child needs authority? And needs love and nurturing. Mm-hmm. That's 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 who the world is to you, and and that's who, and that's who God wants you to be. Yeah, you know, is is receptive, mm-hmm. and and He needs your vulnerability. He mm-hmm. needs He needs the fact that you need Him. Yeah, you know, I mean, it feeds off, you know, feeds off that. It's not about kings. It's not about riches. It's not about power. It's not about any of that. It's mm-hmm. about helping. The person you least 
you know, want to help. Yeah. The orphans, the widows, the, you know, the servants, you, yeah. know, you know, the slaves. Yeah. It's all about yeah. that. And it's all about taking responsibility, not, you know, it's fascinating. I remember having conversations with my dad, and I've, talked, I've told this story before where when I was a kid, dad had all the answers, you know, just, hey, you know, I've got a problem, solve it, you know, can you do this, can you help me do this, whatever. And they became a point in my life where Dad was like, listen, I don't have any answers for you. Now. Oh, no. You have to figure that out. That wasn't a shocker. And I was like, no, 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 because I wanted him to sort of solve it all for me. And as children, we expect that from our parents. But as adults, and I believe Jesus is basically saying, listen, I know you want me to just take care of it like Superman. I'm just going to just... You know, eliminate all of the evil rulers or whatever and just make things right and roll on with happily ever after. But you must serve. If you want to solve the issues in your lives and in the lives of those who you are going to be shepherding, you're going to have to serve. And it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing when you have a leader who's saying, no, it's not about what answers I have for you. Of course, I have answers, but this is about you. I mean, I hear Barack Obama, you know, he talked about it when he was president. He was like, listen, you guys have a responsibility, too, you know, like getting out and voting and, and all of that sort of stuff. There's no quick fix answer. No, I mean, and it seems kind of Pollyanna, I know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the needs of any person mm-hmm. are the responsibility of all. Yes. And, and it's that kind of philosophy that he just... I mean, it was difficult to accept on a social level. I mean, throughout, I mean, you, we can go through Mark again, but then, like, in, 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 you know, involved, intertwined in these, mm-hmm. in, in these, in Christ's telling of, and foretelling of his death to these guys over and over. Uh, there's a story of the, of the rich guy who's, who says, I followed all the rules. I followed all the commandments. Yeah. I'm, can I enter into heaven? And Christ says, well, give away everything. Yeah. You know, give away right. everything. And he went away kind of like, you know, Rejected. you know, just feel like, you got to be kidding, dude. Mm-hmm. And even the disciples after that were like, oh, this is crazy talk, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it may seem kind of like, it may seem, it's very idealistic mm-hmm. and very kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, unbelievable. But, yeah, the, the needs of any are the responsibility of all. Yes. He's talking about service as leadership. Yes. You know, and what's it about? Mm-hmm. Maybe it isn't for everyone. Maybe it's not for the rich guy who followed all the rules but still, mm-hmm. you know, can't give up his possession. Right. You know, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Leadership is sacrifice, according yeah. to Christ. I mean, like big sacrifice. Mm-hmm. When the when the disciples, you know, say to him, you know, or which one says like, oh, I can I I can drink the cup you drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, there's something about that. It's like. Sure you can. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were talking uh, during breakfast about um, this ideology of hierarchy and how people sort of move up, especially in these days and times, the corporate ladder. You know, so there are some folks who move up by their works. You know, people just say, wow, you know, Jimmy is working really hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been with the company for a long time. He's done his dues. So, you know, <laughs> let's elevate him. Yeah. And then there are those who go to the parties and they schmooze with the boss and, hey, you know, you think I can get the second seat? You think I can get the corner seat or whatever? You know, I know your son, your wife, your whatever, and, you know, we go to the same ball game. I mean, these things happen. And I get that sense with James and John. They're like, hey, you know, yeah. who's going to sit on the right hand and left hand? And it's so ironic. I mean, it's, it's 
it's rather sad. You know, Jesus just, just finished telling them, listen, that it's actually verse um, 33. Yeah, just, we're going just prior. Up, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three, yeah. day, three days later, he will rise. And it's like, yeah, okay. But who's next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, hey, Craig, I know you're going to die in three days of cancer. Yeah. Who's getting your car? I don't know, Rich. <laughs> I guess you want to talk about who's doing the podcast with you, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a sort of, it's, it's, it's a callous. I mean, it's, there's a, and it's so, and it's, it's humbling how Jesus handles that, you know, because he could have condemned them. He could have said, how dare you talk about, you know, who's going to Well, at first when Peter... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you know when he first says it, then Peter jumps up and says, "No way, dude!" And, yeah. and you know, yeah. and I'm and I'm rebuking very mildly. When I think of a rebuke, I usually think of you know, four-letter words and stuff like oh, that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but you know, they go back and forth. Christ yeah. and Peter is just like, "Oh man," and 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 instead of getting more frustrated, mm-hmm. the more he explains it to him. Yeah, and. And lays it on the line, just like the verse you just read. It's like, look, this is how it's going to go down. Here's the nitty-gritty. Going to get mocked, spit at, killed mm-hmm. by Gentiles, yeah. even. Not yeah. by Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Not by the people who we already are kind of like, yeah. you know, despised by. We're talking about people who say they're with us. Yeah. And, you know, how how ironic and how blatant can I be about, yeah. you know, beyond irony that this is re- really what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and they don't get it. And. His temperance, his patience with them goes beyond my understanding a little bit. I mean, I would lose it. Mm-hmm. But the third time, if I was if I was Jesus Christ, I would have been like, "Man, kill me already!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you guys, you guys suck. Yeah. But then somebody in Bible study brought up this. Um, yeah, yeah, they're being told over and over. Them, but how many times have we been told over and over about the birth of Christ? About you know how how the angel came and told Mary and she was a virgin and all this stuff, you know how many times have we been told these Bible stories mm-hmm. and we need to hear them again and again, sure and again yeah, and it slowly starts to work sometimes yeah, the patience of God mm-hmm. is beyond mine yeah, and I'm. I'm a pretty patient guy, Reg. I mean, it takes a hell of a lot to disturb me, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. to move me towards losing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just speaking personally. Of course. But I would have lost it by then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would have as well, I especially, especially yeah. since Jesus is so close to what's going on. And, you know, three times someone tells you, hey, I'm about to die. And he's not just saying it for sympathy purposes. He's saying, listen, you guys have to prepare yourself because if I go... All of this is on you. The fate of the church is yeah. based on you. You know, people aren't going to listen to my speeches or my sermons anymore after I go. They can listen to yours. Mm-hmm. You have to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's clearly a sense of entitlement uh, with James and John, the son of Zebedee. Kind of funny. Yeah. Look at our religious leaders today. Oh, sure. Yeah. A yeah. lot of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking, you know, and they're yeah. asking, I mean, and they're pretty bold. I mean, I think if Jesus were 
in my face right now, I would not say, hey, listen, this is what I need from you. Like ordering as if I'm the boss. Yeah, and we want you to do. We want you to do exactly what we ask. Yeah, <laughs> and that's. I mean, and you talk about the patience of Jesus Christ. I mean, that is in tremendous patience. And he says, "Well, what do you want?" <laughs> and he patiently says, "Listen, you know, if you think you can drink from the cup and be baptized, yeah. um, you know, this is not for for me." And he he very patiently says, "Listen, you have got to. You, you know, you have to understand." The value of service, you know, the Gentiles. And he, and he, and he brings up the Gentiles uh, at least, I think, two times. Yeah, there and, and in previous passages as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's preparing them. He's like, listen, you need to focus on the folks who are going to be looking up to you after I'm gone. Mm-hmm. If you have this attitude now, you know, the Gentiles are going to walk away from you. I mean, you, you, these are the uh, – here it says, uh, the rulers of the Gentiles – you know that those who are regarded as rulers of Gentiles lord, lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. I'm reading from verse 22 of Mark 10. So he's basically saying, listen, I know what you're used to. You've seen the leaders and how they were handle themselves. This is different. Yeah. And he says, not so with you. Yeah. This is by service. Yeah. You serve them. You're not going to sit on a throne or you're not going to wear the fancy clothes. You are going to, you know, be a servant to these people. I think there are references I don't, and, and perhaps people who are a lot more uh, biblically savvy than I am listening, there are references in the Old Testament of what it means to be a good king or a good ruler. And it does mean to, mm-hmm. you know, serve the people, yeah. to, to actually, they, you know, have all the, you know, their needs met. Mm-hmm. That's the mark of a group. I don't know if that ever happened yeah. in, in the Old Testament. Perhaps mm-hmm. it did, you know, with some of the, you know, early kings and prophets. Yeah. But it, it was it was enigmatic of, you know, like a rare thing. I don't think it was something that was happening very often. Yeah. Or it was an idea that maybe didn't come true, but people thought that this was the right and just kind of ruler. Sure. But you're, you're right, you know, what Christ is saying in, in Mark 10 here mm-hmm. is, like, you're fully aware that we live in, amongst tyrants. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that, I know that. But yeah. reality sucks. It really, really does. And it's not going to be my reality. My reality is really going away, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, my body's going away. My dignity's going away. You know, everything's going to go away with me in this mortal world. And my spiritual sense is going to come back in three days. My spirit will re-enter the world. Um, that's the only thing I can say that's different from you guys. But you guys' reality sucks. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to not see it is to not make it your reality. To make the reality of what I'd like, yes. what God wants, yes. what my Father wants, mm-hmm. is to create an equanimity among people. To have respect for all, mm-hmm. and love for all, and care for all. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was all about inclusiveness with Christ, and not about who's getting who, what, for exactly. who. And he's not he's not denying it. I mean, mm-hmm. just as in the world we live in today. Yeah. You know. You know, it's, we're, it's, it's, we're we're well aware of oppression. Yeah, it's hard to envision a future that you can't see. It's hard to envision a new way of doing things that isn't visible to you right now. And I'm, I'm sure it's hard for James and John at that time 
to envision a church or a religion which is based on service and, and risk and and the li- <laughs> and the liberation yeah, exactly the risk and the liberation of a people not by the sword not by a revolution of you know of yeah. dethroning a king but through the word or not by some kind of political coercion yeah not by taking you know the weak and and forcing them mm-hmm. into a, a situation yeah simply because you're in control and you may think it's better for them. Right. You know? Yeah. Christ, you know, I mean, when I grew up in, uh, in the, you know, in Texas and mm-hmm. I'd go to, like, some churches, uh, specifically, you know, Southern Baptist churches, mm-hmm. um, they would sing songs and preach uh, things about, uh, you know, Christ is coming to take us to war. We are soldiers of God. Oh, we are yeah. going. And this is back during the, Vi- the Zion. This is back during yeah. the Vietnam era. Yeah. And that's kind of where I came up in as, yeah. a, as a kid. So that was very prevalent. Yeah. You know, that we are at war and we are at war not only as a people, not only in reality, but in, when we go to church, we're at war too. And Christ yeah. is our general or mm-hmm. our generalissimo or whatever. And, uh, yeah. and we are soldiers of God and mm-hmm. we're marching to defeat Satan or whatever, sure. you know, but there was all this kind of like, even, even today, even in the generation that I grew up in, mm-hmm. there was this kind of idea that, you know, Christ was a military leader or a political leader yeah. or, you know, or, or some kind of uh, monarch yeah. that sat with a crown yeah. and, uh, and told you what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And it was only until, you know, you know, recently, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I felt that, that at that time that that was kind of like ridiculous, kind of yeah. stupid, yeah. kind of threw me out off the church for a long time. But it was only until recently I kind of started to see, like, no, it's about inclusiveness. It's about sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, sharing's hard. Yes, it is. I want to say that. You know, yeah. I want to say that for people that I know mm-hmm. who can't share, yeah. who have a Big problem sharing. Yeah. You know, probably that's how it's only going to happen, but you don't do it because it requires sacrifice. Sure. Like we said a lot of times, being generous with others mm-hmm. is a muscle. Yeah. And if you don't use it, you lose it, people. That's exactly and right. And if you do mm-hmm. use it, yeah. usually you get back what you get. Yeah, and you, know, you, have to, you have to believe in that. I kind of, I kind of have seen it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that it works. Yes. And the, and the more you do it, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. The more room you have mm-hmm. in your life to love others, the more time you have mm-hmm. to give, the more strength and emotional will you have. Because if you do that, you're not adding stress. You're actually taking stress yeah. away from yourself. Yeah. So you have enough. Mm-hmm. You have an abundance mm-hmm. when you actually are pouring things out of you, or yeah. what it seems like you're pouring. Like I'm giving, I don't really want to. Yeah, I gotta give. I gotta tithe. Oh my God, this means I can't go out to dinner this week. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna have a nice dinner. No, I gotta give that sixty bucks to the plate. Yeah. Damn it! You know, yeah. um, you know, just stuff, little stuff like that. Yeah, it's, you, know? It, you know, if you if you're not in the if, if you're not conditioned to giving, and I think, I don't know if it begins when you're young or whatever. I mean, I, I don't think someone who is not used to giving themselves 
can learn that, but it is a muscle that you have to work. Well, I, I wanted to focus on. If you can't, if you didn't get it when you were a kid, it doesn't mean it's 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 too late. No, it's never too late. What did you want to focus? I want you talk something very interesting about God and the metaphor of war. Well, and, yeah, I mean that's what I grew up with. Yeah, but I I find that there are some, especially among the uh, you know I know we're both liberal, um, and I don't want to turn off folks who are. Uh, right wing or who identify with conservative, but there have been religious groups and organizations, even political organizations, that take the word of God and use it as a metaphor for war, as if we are against those people. Yeah. And it's it's a miss. It's a it's a corruption of the word. I think when you let's say like the NRA will say, hey, you know, you need to own a gun because you have to protect your family. Like God will protect you from you know the evildoers and you know. Sometimes you need a gun or you need, you know, we need defense and you need to be afraid. Yeah. And I find that that's a bastardization of the word for, for those who use the word to justify war or defense against the so-called others. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, not to delve into that, I think we'll, uh, if we, when we do another episode, I want to focus on that. But getting into service, I mean, for those who do believe in God and these militaristic terms, to think of a God that serves his people by humbleness has to be a very odd uh, way of thinking. And I think, I'm sure that James and John's thought of Jesus as sort of a militaristic, uh, a military person. Like, you know, well, if they're going to try to get you, if they're going to try to kill you, you know, what can we do? I mean, even Peter, you know, had a sword. Remember, we were talking about that, and uh, when the soldier grabbed Jesus, Peter cut off the ear, and Jesus healed the ear. Um, And so it's the concept of getting and serving and working that muscle of giving a part of yourself, sacrificing a part of yourself. Because some people were like, hey, I'm not a sucker. You know, who else is giving? Am I the only one giving? (laughs) It's like, what, it's just going to be me out there, you know, hanging in the wind? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, it's it's it does have to be big things, especially if you're not used to sharing. Yeah, and sharing's hard. I mean, you know, like I grew up having to figure out how to share. Yeah. I was the eldest. My parents were young. Mm-hmm. They didn't ring, read to me. They didn't, you know, they didn't really know how to be, mm-hmm. you know, leaders. Yeah, and they were my leader. Mm-hmm. Had no choice. Yeah, they gave what they could. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I was taught, by the time my sisters came around, I was kind of taught I should be sharing. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't something instinctual, and it wasn't something that was nurtured. I knew that I should share in order to kind of, like, not get railroaded. Yeah. You know, know, uh, I mean, I got little bits and pieces, but I didn't get the whole thing. Yeah. I think, um, I'm just using myself as an example to kind of show, like, there was a deficit. You know, uh, something was missing. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the odds were against me. Yeah. Uh, the odds were more for me being a selfish prick, which I've done uh, uh, enough of yeah. uh, to kind of figure out the difference. I mean, yeah. thank you, everyone, for putting up with that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I feel like I've been on both sides of this equation, and so I can sit here and say, like, yeah, man, giving is where it's at, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, vive la difference. I really know the difference yeah. because I've seen both of them. I've, yeah. se- I've seen the very self-centered part of me, sure. the very ego part of me who wants yeah. to, who wants the spotlight, who wants yeah. the attention. Yeah. 
and I've seen the the part of me who finally realizes, you know, that attention mm-hmm. is an inward thing, yeah, and not an outward thing, mm-hmm. and I get more satisfaction just with a, a smile of seeing someone else satisfied by my generosity. Yeah. It's 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 a beautiful thing to me, and I guess it takes fifty six years to learn it for some people, yeah. but yeah. but it, it's. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. and I want to share it with yeah. the world because it's kind of like it's taken me a long damn time to, to, to get that far. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, in, in the world of social media and Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, where if you got a, if you get a million clicks or a million likes, then you become valuable. You become um, um, validated in a, in a way. You know, you get the ad dollars and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's how many, especially millennials, how they operate. It's like, you know, well, I got to do this. I got to friend this person. That person's got to friend me. And I have some friends who have got upset. It's like, hey, you unfriended me. What's happened? You know, like, whatever. And um, so I can understand how ego and a sense of entitlement can creep into, you know, your psyche if you're if you're into this, uh, you know, people have to look at me and I posted something. Someone has to look at me. And sacrifice and being humble I mean, when I think about giving to someone, I think about stepping in someone else's shoes. What if I, di- if I wor- didn't, you know, have a job at the DA's office? What if I were homeless? What if I, I had, when I was a kid, I had an internship for a woman. Her name was Rhoda Zion, and we went to homeless shelters, and we fed the homeless. We also talked to the homeless, and we tried to get them into programs to help them out. And it was sort of eye-opening. I was maybe 16 years old. And um, we met Mitch Snyder, who was an activist who uh, has passed away. He went on a hunger strike. to um, He was an activist for homeless people. And um, it opened my eyes. And it takes a muscle to put yourself in someone else's shoes and say, hey, you know, some people, someone's in need. And Jesus is, tell, is trying to teach that to the disciples, especially the, uh, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, James and John, yeah. yeah. It's like, listen. Put yourself into other people's shoes so when you serve, you can connect with them. It's not just, you know, I'm, I'm a leader and I'm guiding you, but I'm one of you. I'm just as equal as you. And if you, if I can see things on your level so you, I can connect with you. I can, I can understand you better. You know, I may not be raised the same way as you. I may speak different than you. I may have a different skin color as you. But in that moment, yeah. in that moment where that happened, you became the servant. Yeah. How'd it feel? It felt like, mm-hmm. it felt probably not so great. Yeah. But it felt like now you, you, didn't, you didn't buy the status of yourself anymore. Right. You didn't exist just because, hey, I'm rich. I got a job. Not like you guys who don't even have, you know, shoes. Right. You know, um, it became a lot different for you. Mm-hmm. And you were, your eyes were open. To see, you know, you know, you know what that what that meant, you know, mm-hmm. like the goal was to serve, not to be served. I mean, you got it, yeah. you got it in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think there's one other point, and I don't know. I'm sure we still have time. I think we're we're pushing along pretty quick, so we yeah. probably have lots of time that we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last part, the last part of the verse, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I can, I can read it to give his life. Yeah. As a ransom for many. That's right. Um, 
I know we always talk about it. Everybody hears about Christ died for you, Christ died for you, Christ died for you, Christ died for you. Over Again, unlike the disciples, I've heard it, dude. I really think there's something kind of beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, and it's it's sad, and it's emotional to, to think that, that someone died for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, we've all experienced loss and grief. This past week, yeah. I, I wanted to tell everybody, um, uh, Reverend Catherine Ward yeah. has passed. And Father Justin refuses to talk about her in past tense. She is in our hearts, and she exists, and her works and memories exist. And her her service will be Tuesday at Grace Cathedral, which is, for those not familiar in San Francisco, it's a beautiful, beautiful church uh, located right in the middle of San Francisco on a hill. Gorgeous. The, the bishop, Mark, the bishop of California, will be there. It's going to be a big deal. Uh, so if you're going, it's at uh, two o'clock at Grace Cathedral on Tuesday. Yeah. Wear red. That's her favorite color, and she wants uh, contributions to go to our little church in San Leandro, yeah. our All Saints Church. I'll, I'll type the uh, the address uh, when people see the Faith Podcast link and logo and stuff. It's a big deal, guys, and and we are so blessed to have had. I am blessed to have her mm-hmm. um, enter my life and impact my life. And I know there's lots of other loving people out there like her, but now she's a memory and and her works need to become our works. Yeah. Um, the more you, you know, if you read about her, if you read her obit, and I'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll pass along and link it possibly. Yeah. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I wanted to focus on that last part, to give his life for the ransom mm-hmm. of many. Now, that word ransom is interesting because I think in, and we looked it up, and, uh, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, in the Greek it means to untie, to loosen. Yeah. In other words, you know, the metaphor here is like we know you're in chains. We know you're tied to this world in, through your idea of whether you're a servant and you you know you live among tyrants who are oppressing you, or whether you are tied to your own inability to let go, yeah. to let go of possessions, to let go of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Christ died in order to as a ransom. For many, that ransom is to untie you, to free you, yep. to free you from all of these things. And, the, and and he couldn't say it enough in his life. No one was listening. Yeah. No one was listening enough. Yeah. I mean, what Mark is saying here, if we look at it in a gospel perspective, of a scribe's perspective, mm-hmm. Mark is probably kicking himself as he writes over and over and over. He said it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get it. He yeah. didn't get it. He didn't get it. Yeah. And that's going to happen to you mm-hmm. and to generations beyond you until it doesn't. Yeah. Until people learn self-centeredness and selfishness and, mm-hmm. and oppression over others ain't happening. 
Yeah, it ain't happening for them. It ain't happening for you. Um, so, yeah, it irked me when we first started this. Mm-hmm. Stupid disciples. <laughs> it really did. It yeah. got to me. I was like, gosh, don't they get it? But Do they have to be told over and over, like children, like like yeah. stupid children? But, but I think, I remember when we first did our podcast, and you had talked about when we read these verses, we sometimes identify with either Jesus or the writer mm-hmm. or the person that who's he's talking to. Yeah, or the, you know, one of the characters in the parables or whatever. Exactly right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly, I can identify with John's, John and James. Sometimes I am like, hey, you know, where's my cookie? You know, where's my... <laughs> well, they were saying in this, it's in our DNA. Yes. You know, to be John's and James, to be the sons of Zebedee. Yeah. You know, it's in our DNA. And what do we do? Uh, we have to confront it. Yes. I mean, rather obliquely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we have to evolve. We have to evolve yeah. and, and understand what Jesus means. And I thought about, you know, the whole ransom for many, you know, the sacrifice that he gave. I tried to think the last time, because it's so easy to think about, oh, Jesus forgives us from our sins. And I have to be honest, as a young, when I was a young Christian, I didn't think about it as deeply. It's like, well, okay, I baptized myself, and now I'm... I'm Christian, but the, <laughs> la- but the last time I did something really, really, really bad, like let's say something, like at my job, if I destroyed evidence, I could be fired. Well, yeah. Um, and I don't know the last time I did something really, really wrong that could either get me fired or let's say have a girlfriend of mine say, to hell with it, you know, what you did was just horrible, or something that disappointed my parents, and to have that person say, hey, I know what you did. But that's okay. You're forgiven. And just the burden that's lifted from me, it's like, oh, wow. I don't have to worry about, let's say, either getting fired. Let's say my boss says, yeah, I know what happened. Don't worry about it. Just the emotional lifting of the burden. And sometimes we have to personalize that. We have to personalize just how wonderful the sacrifice that Jesus gave to us. Because I'm sure we take it for granted, you know, a lot. The ransom. I think about hijacking. You know, someone has hijacked your life or someone has hijacked, took something that really is special to you. But if they've given a ransom, you get it back. You know, Jesus, you know, gave a ransom to, you know, because of our sins. And we get to have our salvation back, you know, if you believe in, you know, a a deeper connection with God or or the afterlife, you know, whatever the afterlife is. But the lifting of the burden, and uh, Jesus is saying, listen, man, he said it three times, I'm going to die. This is how it's going to happen. But this is what I do for you, and I willingly do it for you. It's it's a tough thing to fathom. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that's why a lot of people have problems with Christianity, because it's it's mind-blowing sometimes. Mm -hmm. That kind of sacrifice is something I don't know... Anybody, mm-hmm. who other, other than what we call like maybe goofy mm-hmm. or crazy, would do. I'm talking about human people, not your run-of-the-mill God-man yeah. who walks around the earth like Christ. But when we just take these, this this one simple lesson here, which is, you know, are we going to be sons of Zebedee? Are we going to be greedy? Mm-hmm. Are we going to yeah. covet that top spot? Yeah. You know. The best girl, yeah. the best job, the nice car. I mean, are we going to do that? 
And how are we going to explain it if we do? Yeah. And we keep explaining it on and on and on. We talk about Freud's id. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, I can't help it. it you, you know, like you said, you know, you got baptized. I'm cool now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you know, I, I will, you know, hey, my, you know, you did something at work. And, and the boss comes along and goes, Reg, hey, man, it's not your fault. Genesis 1, original sin, you, you had it coming. Nobody's perfect, Reg. I forgive you. Yeah. I mean, how meaningful is that, really? How meaningful would it be to the sons of Zebedee? If somebody just, you know, slapped them on the wrist and said, like, oh, bad boy. Okay, go yeah. on, try it again. Yeah. You know, here, Christ is like, I don't get no second chances. You said that I'm bad, They're gonna, and you Gentiles, and, and you're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I only got one shot at this. Mm-hmm. So listen up, people. Yeah. I'm doing it so that you don't have to do it. Yep. I'm doing it once so that so that you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can make the same mistakes over and over and over. Yeah. And and try and learn from them. Yeah. And I'm going to be real patient. And I'm going to be real loving. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rebuke you anymore, Peter. I'm done with that. Yeah. I tried that. Didn't work. I'm going to sit here and tell you straight. Yeah. Either you're going to hear it. Yeah. Or you're not going to hear it. You know, I just, <laughs> you know? I just thought of something. And I thought about about. I call her Sister Catherine, but she's really Reverend Catherine. Reverend Doctor, you? Yeah. She likes Catherine. <laughs> but I, I think about when people, especially important people, when they die, how we appreciate them so much more. It's unfortunate after they die. It's like while they're around, it's like, oh, yeah, Sister Catherine, hey, how are you doing? Or Reverend Catherine. And we take for granted that they'll be with us. And Jesus telling them, listen, I, you know, it, you get a feeling that these disciples are taking Jesus, they're walking on the strip for granted. Oh, yeah. It's like, listen, the guy's going to take three, three times now. <laughs> and he's like, okay, but yeah, but wh- what, what about this? And, you know, where am I going to sit and all that sort of stuff? And I'm sure Jesus may have felt, wow, do these guys really even care or understand the sacrifice that I'm going to do when I die? You know, like, does, does Sister Cat? I wonder if Catherine, when she was on her deathbed, wondered, Everything that I did for God, everything that I did for my community, do people really understand or care uh, what I've done? And a lot of times it doesn't happen until after they go. It's, it's, it's sort of sad. It's sort of, I mean, I don't want to be maudlin or anything like that, but it, it's sad when we, we don't recognize the sacrifice that people give live in our lives until after they're gone. Well, we get caught up in, I think we get caught up in... Um, and it's easy to do. We could get caught up in our own individual forgiveness. Yeah. Our own individual forgiveness. Like, I need to be forgiven. Or, God, I need to I need to forgive that person. Sure. You know, it's all in our own little, tiny little world. Yeah. Now, in this context, in Christ dying, we're talking about some universal stuff. You know, we're not just talking about our own little lives. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the lives of everybody. And it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, true, you have to start from within. But, you know, Christ carried a cross. Oh, we all carry a cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can, you know, we can look at it, but we only look at it through a very, very tiny lens. Sure. You know, and, and the cross doesn't really, this, this big concept mm-hmm. doesn't really relate to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's difficult to do. Yeah. Because... You know, 
what does the cross symbolize? The burdens of life, the burdens of our life. You know, I mean, you know, it asks us to practice self-denial, to practice passivity. Yeah. Because Christ doesn't get, you know, fight it. He carries it. So yeah. He's like, give me the burden. I'm not going to, sure, I can make a big stink about it. Yeah. You know, and I can fight you, but, yeah. you know, he carries it. He's passive. He, he accepts their violence. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we're talking about a lot of sacrifice here. Yeah. To have these apostles say, I'll drink the cup. Yeah. just makes me want to laugh. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have no idea. Yeah. And, and through it all, mm-hmm. what, you know, what Christ is trying to say to us is to call for us to have a sense of community. Yeah. I mean, really start getting to know one another, folks. Because yeah. you're all, you know, I'm gone. You're all you got. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you had mentioned earlier, and when we did this uh, podcast, but life sucks. Reality, Reality sucks. does suck. And I think about Jesus, you know, I, I, I don't know why I thought I had this flashback when I was a kid. I would always, uh, as kids do, I would do something wrong. Like I, I remember taking the knob off of my grandmother's television sets. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I went to her house, and I think she had a bunch of television. This is, now, millennials will not know what I'm talking about. but Knobs on TVs day, now. They were knobs on TVs. And yeah. if you took the knob I don't know off, what they were for. You'd, you'd have to one said vert and one said whores, I believe. <laughs> exactly. VHF, exactly. But in any case, I took all the knobs off, and you have to get like a, um, what do they call it, pliers to turn the channel on because, you know, you know. Oh, thanks, Bob. Or <laughs> Grandma. Yeah. So in any case. I did this, and Dad heard about it because Mother Clay called on the phone and said, hey, this is what little Reggie did. And Dad would say, listen, go to the bathroom, take your pants off. I'll be there in a, in a minute. You're getting a beating. Oh, my gosh. Hey, hey that's, those, are good, that's, <laughs> those are good old days. But, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I remember he opened up the door of the, the bathroom and was like, listen, if you tell me what you did, I will forgive you, and you can go to bed. Of course I lied. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but he forgave me anyway. And I was like, <sighs> now I think about that. Jesus is not afraid to take the belt. No. He's not, you know, he knows he's going to get in the belt. I mean, he's going to die. He's gonna, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be miserable. I mean, that cross. I mean, we're coming close to the birth of Christ. And I'm, I'm you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure I, I should the death of Christ. In April, during the death of Christ. But I think he's preparing his disciples, like, listen, you need to come to grips with not only what I'm going to go through, but what you guys are going to go through. You know, when you talk about hierarchy and entitlement, there's also about fear. You know, you guys don't want to be served. You guys don't want to take on the burden of reality. You want me to dismantle the kings and all that sort of stuff so that you don't have to suffer anymore. I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you are going to suffer. Yeah, reality is going to suck. Yeah. But it does have to be your reality. Yeah, it can be a, you, it can be the reality of a community of faith. Exactly. But it's not going to take, it, it's not going to take somebody doing it for you. It's going to take heavy lifting. Yes. And suffering. Yeah. And sacrifice. Yeah. From all of you. I mean, from I mean, me and you. Think about the Trump yeah. administration right now. I mean, Kavanaugh, despite all the protests, still got confirmed. People say, "Oh, that's unfair." There are elections, and, you know, people want, you know, the Democrats to take over the Senate. And it, may, it probably will not happen. You know, the Republicans will still take over. And, you know, Trump is sort of like, hey, listen, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. And if you don't like it, so what? That's life. 
So reality sucks. And people may say, well, how can I have faith in this world, in this climate? How can, as a woman, I can have faith where, you know, men can do whatever they want to do and still get appointed? How did they do it before? They were disciples of resistance. Yeah. Who was the first disciple of resistance? I mean, if you want an example of exactly how you need to stand up to oppression, I don't think you can get any clearer than than the Christ story. Yes. You know? That's exactly right. You know? And Dr. King and and Mahatma Gandhi, you know, did it through the, the... yeah, the lessons of passivity. Yeah, and it, and and it hurt. It doesn't happen at a boom. It doesn't happen no. at a flash. No, it, it, it's it's slow and sure, but you know it's true. I mean, it, it, and it does happen. So, um, as long as we see people who are trying to have power over others, yes, as the primary principle yes. for social organization, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, folks. It didn't work then. It doesn't work now. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, you know, when we look at death on a cross, and and we just kind of like talk about it as if like it were any other event that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I I see a bigger story. Yeah, I see a story of how we live today. I see a story of how everybody who voted for this current. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, administration voted with their middle finger, and I understand. Yeah, I understand. You know, <clears throat> nobody was listening. Mm-hmm. But were you listening? Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you listening? Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, I. 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 don't think resistance is to say screw you. Resistance is actually empowering those who don't have the strength to say it themselves to help themselves. It's to help help those, and not just to create enemies. Yeah. I mean, you can create enemies all day long. Yeah. You know. And I think to put a button on this, um, Jesus says to give His life as a ransom for many. I wonder how many of us are willing to give ourselves, our lives—maybe not our physical lives, but at least a portion of our lives—as a ransom for someone else. What I give, what I give a portion of my time. My money, my uh, my, you know, my my hard effort, you know, in, in helping someone else. My energy to care. Yeah. My ability to put up with their bullshit. Right. How much is enough? Yeah. How much do I got? And a ransom is not a couple of coins here and there. It's, it's, I can't it's, stop thinking that ransom is to untie. Yeah. Now, wouldn't you like to be untied? Absolutely. Of the anxiety of, oh my God, I didn't give. Yeah. Oh my God, I could have helped that person. I just drove past. Yeah. Oh my God! This person annoys the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. When am I going to just open my heart and just say, like, "Hey, all right, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep trying with you." Yes. You know, uh, resistance can mean many, many things. Yes. Not just opposing something. Yeah. But actually listening and learning and loving the things that even irritate the hell out of you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, and many people may say, well, that's just, you know, acquiescing or, or, you know, just giving up or, you know, just allowing things to happen. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about I'm not going to allow someone else to dictate what I do. I'm still going to give. I'm still going to love. I'm still going to be good to my neighbor. I'm not going to allow someone to affect me by anger, by changing the way that I think and the way I feel. You know, in the back of the days of Jesus, you know, you had Herod. 
and you had, you know, these kings. But that didn't stop Jesus from preaching the good word. That didn't stop him from feeding the homeless. That didn't stop him from healing people. So we have our own current kings and and, and Pharisees. Okay, we, we, got, yeah, we, got a, we got a minute here, right? Yes, yes. I think I found what I was looking for earlier. Go for it. In the Old Testament, the ideal monarch is the people's servant. Kings, 1 Kings, chapter 12, verse 7. Can we pop that up? Sure. I'm gonna so this is right not now. a new idea, not even for Christ. 1 Kings, what's the chapter? 1 Kings, uh, chapter 12, verse 7. Got it. Okay, here's what it says. They replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. That's instructions for being a good king. Yep. Christ didn't make it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the idea, mm-hmm. um, he just expounded upon it. Yeah. And I think that's what our democracy was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, representatives, leaders that serve the people. Yes. Rather than rule and, and tyrannically over them and right. oppress them. Right. And divide them. Yes. And create chaos among them and other people who are even weaker in the world, other countries. Yeah. Who are even weaker than we are at this point. I think morally this country is so weak. Yeah. You know, and and, so, and, and the way we've, we're destroying our planet. Yeah. The way we're, I mean, when I see the, when I see those 3,000 people on that bridge and, you know. Yeah. In, in southern Mexico, I just oh I, yes, I, yes, I, I just yes, I, yes. I, I feel as though I want them to just like mm-hmm. enter this nation like like a like a swarm of ants, yeah. you know, and do something different for us because we're not doing we're yeah. not doing very well by ourselves or each other yeah. or the world right now. Yeah, I mean, yes, it is bleak, bleak, but I still have faith. I have faith that this nation. I mean, people will say I was asking Norman G. You know, because he was like, well, you know, we have this immigration crisis. And I'm like, is it really a crisis? Is it really? Or is it just something that just, just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've always had immigrants coming into our country. And, you know, they get jobs. I see them, you know, when I go to Burger King and, and McDonald's, you know, working, you know, $9, $8 an hour, doing things that we don't want to do. They just want, they just want you know, a, a decent living. I've never, I've never had, you know, to worry about an immigrant, you know, mugging me or, you know, causing me disruption or, or t- taking my job. And how can we call ourselves Christian? I'm on a rant here. Uh-huh. How can we call ourselves Christians? Oh, amen, brother. <laughs> how can we call ourselves Christians and in, in the same breath say, no, you can't come in our country, you know. It's, it's very Pharisee-like. And, um, well, it's also kind of like, you know, it's this fear-mongering that, that, yeah. that really, when you get right down to the nuts of both of it, it's not really existing. We are exactly. so wealthy. We are so, we have so much more than yes. most people do. Yes. And we have so many blessings. We have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, we even have the time to be grateful for it. Yep. A lot of people don't even have the time to be grateful for the little things that they Mm-hmm. Probably are grateful for, yeah, or should be grateful for, yeah. You know, so I think being a servant ain't such a big thing for you guys. For those of you who have the ability to listen to a podcast, ain't no thing, right? You know, and the more you, the more you give, the more you get. Yes. 
and you're blessing somebody else's life, and, and it's exponential. Mm-hmm. I, wanna, I guess I'll close this with prayer. Sure. And the button is, you know, that last, you know, Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us all. Um, I think he calls on us to give a portion of our lives as a ransom. You know, I would, if your life were in trouble, Craig, I'd give myself as a ransom to, to, to give you free. I think it would be good for me, too. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everyone. And, and dear Lord, thank you again on another Saturday morning. And, and we get to spend some time delving into your words and hopefully being enlightened and, and teaching us um, to walk in the, in, the, in the light, to walk in the way of love, to know and understand what the good works are, and to be able to express that and actually make it happen. We know when we read about disciples and, uh, and about the teachings that in our hearts and in our minds, even though we may not be worthy of it or we don't think we're worthy of it, it calls us to be leaders. It calls us to care for one another. It calls us to step up. And, and we love the way you express it to us and give us wisdom. And we hope you strengthen us and, uh, and, and help us to help others as we pursue this life. In your love, in your ways, in Jesus' name, thank you and amen. Amen. All right. And here is, whoa. Here's my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud. That's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Rich, Space Clay, and DL Carragher for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible's been around for thousands of years. And even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for it. you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening. I'm <laughs> <laughs>